Does manual treasury management and operations have your crypto business stuck in the slow lane? Scale up and speed ahead with Fireblocks, the number one platform for crypto operations and trading pros that makes custody, settlement, and rebalancing quick and easy. Visit fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and prime services to manage all of their crypto assets in one place. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com prime to get started today. I'd also like to give a shout out to Cross River. Whether you're a crypto exchange, NFT marketplace, or wallet, Cross River's integrated API-based platform provides the payment solutions you need to grow. A CryptoFin industry award winner and an early partner for companies like Coinbase, Cross River's tech stack supports crypto partners and enables real-time money movement for consumers. Welcome to a new world of crypto-friendly banking at crossriver.com crypto. All opinions expressed by hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and not necessarily those of the blocks. Podcast guests may have taken positions in the assets or other matters discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. For full terms, visit theblockcrypto.com slash terms dash service. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, Director of News at The Block, and we are here at Crypto Bahamas with our guest today, Jeremy Allaire, co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Circle. Jeremy is one of the most prominent executives in the space running Circle, the firm behind the legendary USDC stablecoin, one of the largest on the market. Jeremy, thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been a long time coming. How are you enjoying the conference? What have you been observing here? Uh, really good. I'm enjoying it. It's, uh, it's great to just be connected with so many uh, partners and people. I feel like stable coins have been a really big topic of conversation. The kinds of things that I'm like finding and talking with people about is, is actually like, you know, pretty exciting infrastructure that you know, I think is the basis for the billion user phase of crypto. And that's a pretty material evolution as you just look back over, over these different periods. And I like to, you know, liken it to um, in really like 2002, 2003, when like broadband was getting laid down and, you know, effectively it was like, okay, now we can actually build stuff on the internet. And so I feel like all this stuff with layer ones and layer twos and like bridges and, and then like, the, the, the kinds of things that are needed, stablecoin infra as well. Uh, like, it's just we're, we're in an interesting place where this is like kind of, you, you can see this like right on that front edge of that curve that is, I think, going to be a very steep curve. Yes. Yeah. The run-up has been insane. I, I feel like we're probably hitting an interesting inflection point. And people even outside the crypto market have been asking me all sorts of questions about how these things work, how they're structured, and why you can get such a high yield through them. 
Can you break down the underpinning market structure of that? Does the yield derive simply from large traders needing or having a need for stable coins that can't be met simply by buying them? Yeah. I mean, this is like, I think, gets to the core of like, when, when we talk about like building a new financial system, right? And people are like, oh, we're going to build a new financial system on top of crypto or whatever. There are a lot of pieces to that. So one is stable coins, you know, are the preferred working capital of digital asset markets, right? So if you want to operate in digital asset markets, trading, investing, saving, lending, payments, like you're using stable coins. And, and so for anyone who operates in the crypto economy, it's just, it would be like, why would I use anything else? It's just the medium of exchange. It's super, it's, it's really straightforward. And so basically any business that operates in the crypto economy wants to use stablecoins as working capital. Well, these are businesses that, you know, also have borrowing needs. These are businesses that want to borrow. And so you want to borrow stablecoins. So there's inherent demand to borrow in that medium of exchange. So in, in some ways that's relatively straightforward. Like we don't sit there pondering like, why do businesses pay 10% interest rates to borrow ACH money for whatever business expansion that they're doing with their local bank? Or why do consumers borrow you know, plastic card money at a 20% interest rate? Uh, well, they, they like the convenience of the medium of exchange because they can use it for retail transactions. And yes, they're willing to pay 20%. Yeah, so, but I guess in crypto, more of that kicks back to the end person, the retail guy. Well, I mean, that's, this is sort of the promise of democratized financial market access and the, the fact that these capital markets and debt capital markets just exist on chain or exist in a much more flexible way. And, and that's really like the real promise. And, and when people like peel back beneath the surface, because you know, we have a yield product and, and it's, you know, whatever, five, six percent APY. Is that one that you sort of white label out to other companies or can a retail person sign up for that? So we offer it to businesses. Got it. So any any eligible business can onboard like you'd onboard with like a commercial bank. Yeah. And it's like a treasury product and you you can use it as like a cash management product and and, and so on. We'd really like to find ways for that to be like distributed out to a lot of other people. There's regulatory complexity. The SEC has a strong opinion about how to do that. Yeah. Um, but but basically, yeah, I mean, that, that's just at, at a high level explaining to people, well, how do, how do, why do these have these yields? Well, I'd flip it around and be like, well, why, why do uh, banks, you know, get 17 or 20 percent for from consumers for like lending them money for credit cards, right? So people pay an interest rate to borrow. Working capital of crypto is stablecoins. There's businesses that want to borrow it, and there you go. Yeah, that that that's like pretty clear. That's probably the best um, outline of of exactly why that's the case. So it's interesting. I was talking with the CEO of Voyager yesterday, and they offer a yield product that gets folks like 8%. And we were kind of talking about how, you know, checking accounts used to have a small yield. Now there's no yield, barely any yield on on savings. And it's really unfortunate, and I think you'll share this opinion, that the regulators have gone so anti these products because Mm -hmm. it's like really the only way that, you know, Mm -hmm. regular folks can actually get any type of significant yield. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. do you have an, any insights? I know you work down in D.C. a lot and, and engage with a lot of different types of regulators. Yes. What, like, how would you describe what the beef they had with these products are? Was it, was it the, the structure of them? Was it that many of them are tied to stable coins? Well, my impression is that, you know, if one is offering 
a investment product to a retail investor, to anyone as a retail investor, and it is whatever, a high yield investment, right? I'm putting in money, I'm gonna get an interest rate, et cetera. There, there are a lot of questions, like who's got the fundamental risk on that? Um, what happens if the issuer of that investment instrument goes bankrupt? What are, what's the underlying risk that's being taken? So all of this stuff is basically like disclosure issues. And I think, you know, for people who are in this market, there are a lot of arrangements where people are, you know, they're, they're getting yield by, you know, basically going after like airdropped token emissions or they're getting uh, yield from various types of incentivized yield farming. And that's not a, a, uh, the, the kind of yield that is like general lending. Um, and so I, I think the big issue is just like the SEC in particular believes that these kinds of things ought to have a prospectus and disclosures and like people should know what they're getting into. So I think that's just the, the general. Yeah, and like yeah. quarterly reports. Yeah, like sort of reports, thing. what is this, et cetera, right? Yeah. Unless you're a sophisticated investor. and But like if you go use Circle Yield, like, and you go, you want to use it, like, you're purchasing a security. Yeah. And there's, like, a really big risk disclosures on all the fucking stuff that could go wrong. Yeah. And, like, what and this it's is. There. And it's, it's there. Right. So, like, that's how the contract works for us. Having trouble keeping pace with the crypto boom? When your business is scaling up and your portfolio is growing, you don't want to waste precious time on manual treasury management or settling and rebalancing. Fireblocks can handle that for you with smart, scalable solutions for your crypto business, along with industry-leading security and expertise. They'll take care of the back end so you can focus on the big picture. Visit fireblocks.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Coinbase Prime, an integrated solution that provides institutional investors with an advanced trading platform, secure custody, and prime services to manage all their crypto assets in one place. Coinbase Prime fully integrates crypto trading and custody on a single platform and gives clients the best all-in pricing in their network using their proprietary smart order router and algorithmic execution. Futuristic companies like Tesla and MicroStrategy have already used Coinbase's comprehensive investing platform to execute some of the largest trades in the industry. Build a unified investment portfolio with one of the most trusted names in crypto. Learn more by visiting coinbase.com prime to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Cross River. Building the next big thing in crypto? Then it's time to get your fiat on and off ramp solution from Cross River. Whether you're a crypto exchange, NFT marketplace, or wallet, Cross River's integrated API based platform provides the payment solutions you need to grow. Cross River is powering the future of financial services. A crypto fin industry award winner and an early partner for companies like Coinbase, Cross River's tech stack supports crypto partners and enables real-time money movement for consumers. Welcome to a new world of crypto-friendly banking. Request your fiat on and off-ramp solution now at crossriver.com slash crypto. Can I drag you into the algorithmic um, sure. stablecoin? Of course It's kind can. of like a debate. The, yeah. the debate, uh, Chad yeah. Kiskarilla was quoted in the Wall Street Journal throwing some serious shade uh, on the yeah. algos, yeah. on the algos. 
I think he said something like, you know, they're they're inherently unstable. Do you, yeah. Where, where, how do you see? I think Brett the, uh, Harrison said that as well yesterday. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> so how do you see the two different types of stable coins existing, coexisting together? Yeah. In in yeah. the future. I mean, look, I I, I think um, I think I have a nuanced view on this, which is, I think that there's going to be huge demand for people and households and businesses and financial institutions that want to operate payments and financial services on blockchains. I think that stable coins as a medium of exchange, as a unit of account, as a store of value that operate on those public internet networks have the potential to basically replace an enormous amount of, of how transactions happen in the world and how capital markets work and all these things. And I think that broad-based mainstream adoption of those will require that everyone, like the business that's accepting these as payments, the CFO that's like got to like submit his books with a public accountant, yeah. the, you know, the financial institution that wants to settle trades between counterparties for things over blockchains, like all these are going to require stable coins that are certifiable, um, basically, and that um, are based on the most conservative model of reserves. And that allows these to be true, literal, digital cash equivalents. Mm. Like from an actual like compliance and accounting standards perspective, like that has to be the case. That's what USDC is. And, and so that model, I think, you know, if you, if you believe that mainstream payments and mainstream finance and other things will adopt this stuff, that's gonna be really big. Now, there's also obviously demand in the world for non-government money. And, you know, Bitcoin is by far the best non-government money in the world right now. But you don't want to spend it. Right. So it's a store of value money. Um, So digital commodity money, really big thing. I'm a huge bull, obviously, on on that. And I think that grows. And I think there are users who would like to have stable units of account that are non-government issued. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and that is a legitimate problem space, you know, this sort of censorship resistance, all these kinds of concepts. And so there will always be demand in the world for people who want non-government-issued, stable unit of account type of money. I think that will exist. I don't know that that's what's going to be used broadly in society, but I yeah. think there's demand for it. And well, so that- it's, a, it's a worthy problem to work on solving. And then you can get into the specifics of like, well, why is one good you know, if you're basically just doing a Forex reserve and you're defending that, like, what's the history of that in the, in the world? Like, how does that actually work? Is that decentralized? Is it actually just a small group of people who, like, are, like, getting together, making decisions? Is that a company? Is that a nonprofit? Like, what, what actually are we talking about? Like, when you look at the reserves of these, like, are they centrally administered and managed, for example? Mm. Or are they decentralized? Like, I think we have to really go beneath the surface a little bit to actually say, like, what do we mean when we say decentralized or algorithmic? Or, yeah, you know, it's when, a really good question. Yeah, so I think like the devil's in the details there, and I think that people who are sophisticated can look through that and see that and and understand the risks. What do you think when people refer to USDC as a centralized stablecoin? Well, I mean, it is. To it, an is it is. Um, you know, it, there is a centralized issuer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think. That it's accurate to say it's a centralized issue. I mean, we've always taken the view that there's a, there's a going to be a long period of time. My own view is it's probably like 20 or 30 years 
where there's a hybrid model of kind of fiat money that operates in a digital currency world. And over a very long period of time, we get to a world where there are synthetic stablecoins that may be composed of fiat stablecoins, non-sovereign digital commodity money that work at scale. So, but I think society's nowhere near um, being ready for that. My intern wants to know if uh, USDC bull one is your alt crypto Twitter account. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, well, I wish we had more time, but um, this is definitely going to be interesting to our listeners. It's it kind of like people ask me these questions, and yeah. I'm you know I'm not running the show, so I probably yeah. can't answer yeah. as as well as you can. Is there anywhere you know where our listeners can kind of learn more about you or what Circle's doing? Yeah, I mean, like our blog, our website, my Twitter, Money Movement Podcast uh, are all, uh, all, all good options. Yeah, those are great. Definitely check out Money Movement. Uh, well, thanks so much, Jeremy. It was really great seeing you, catching up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. The Scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an amazing day. Thanks, Frank. <laughs>